VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's showtime. showtime. Welcome to the VHS Files Podcast with Jenny Lou. So what do you want to do tonight? Jason. What about pizza and movie night? Eric. I want to rent a movie. And Josh. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. And this is the movie of the week. Get this pizza movie night started. Welcome back, everybody, to the VHS Files podcast. And tonight, we're going to fucking space. Can they hear you scream? No. No. No, no, no screaming. They can't. they can't hear anything in space. There's no sound. You can scream, but they won't hear you. And welcome to Green Month. This month, we're talking about movies that associate with the color green, at least for us. And tonight, we're talking about Ridley Scott's Alien. I associate it with the color green. I don't know if Eric does. It's, it was an argument we were having off mic. <laughs> yes. The, yeah. the the marketing, obviously, is green. The, the poster, you, that iconic poster. And I think it wouldn't be as prominent in our heads as a green, quote unquote, thing, if not for that marketing. The marketing is black and green. And uh, that's pretty much it, you know? And then Jason, Jason has his association with... Just aliens are green. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told him. I mean, there, aliens are green. There's a very lengthy argument between Eric and Josh about this alien is green type thing. And I says, hey, us as humans, we think of aliens as green. I mean, like yeah, you said, like, the little green men, blah, 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 it's green. So we're talking about aliens. They're fucking green. <laughs> I guess, I guess uh, gremlins would be, could be alien. Well, are gremlins aliens? They're little green men. They could have came from outer space. We don't they know that. Could have. I would imagine Eric is very excited. We're talking about Ridley Scott's Alien, and, and, and ever since I've known Eric, he talks about how much he loves this movie. So I'm excited to hear Eric's thoughts. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he had a good time watching it. I'm interested to hear what he's got to say. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get right in to Alien, like uh, Ridley Scott, our first Ridley Scott movie on the show. Is um, it? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And... Um, yeah, I mean, really, Scott, and this was his second film. Me being an, an Alien fan, I should say up, up front that that does not mean I know everything about Alien or even Ridley Scott's filmography. I'm not an expert in any. There are a lot of his movies I do like. I mean, I wrote the ones down that I actually enjoy. So. Yeah, his first movie in, in 77, The Duelist, and then Alien in 79. And after that, he would go on to do Blade Runner, Legend, uh, Black Rain, sure. Thelma and Louise, G.I. Jane, Gladiator, Hannibal. I mean, this guy has put some big ones out for He's Hollywood. He's a machine. Yes. He's an absolute machine. And uh, machine. The, the last one of his I watched was The Last Duel, which came out last year. And apparently everybody is freaking out because nobody saw that movie. And Ridley Scott's apparently freaking out because... It's all because of Marvel and Star Wars. <laughs> Did you- I hate him. I hate him. Did you like it? I actually did. I actually did like it. It's a, I think, I don't know if it's still on HBO Max. Hold on. on. I am in the middle of watching this movie. I'm three quarters done. So don't say anything. I haven't even started it. So yeah, it's, it's it's a weird storytelling. uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. So, well, honestly, if you can keep up with the Witcher, you should do fine with this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I guess being of a more of a supernatural element in the Witcher, it's easier to keep track of for me than, I guess, so-called history we're dealing with. Yeah. Because so, it's based on a true events or true story or whatever. 
And then uh, House of Gucci actually just came out on Blu-ray recently. I haven't seen that yet. I do want to see it. I've heard it's absurd, but I still want to see it. Sure. But I've, I've seen quite a bit of uh, Ridley Scott stuff. I would say I'm a fan. And um, yeah, I mean, this was also written by Dan O'Bannon. And the story of this movie is is very interesting because Dan O'Bannon worked with another big time director that we talk about on our show all the time, John Carpenter, on his first film, which was technically a student film, Dark Star. I don't know. Have you guys seen Dark Star? I've not seen Dark Star. I've never watched it. It has some very similar plot beats to Alien, but it's uh, it's it's very much a student film. The the creature effects in that movie are nothing to write home about. I've seen the clips of the creature effects. Yeah, that's pretty great. When I brought you on the ship, I thought you were cute. Something like they had to put eyes on a beach ball or something like that. Like it was it's ridiculous. Yeah. That said, I have been wanting to watch that just because John Carpenter, but now True. I want to watch it even more because I didn't know that. Okay, so. I got I got some trivia for Mr. Eric, the fan of the movie. What was the original title for this movie? This is what I said. I like the movie, but I don't know anything about <laughs> no! it. I don't, I'm not some historic no! movie historian. Uh-uh. I, 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 don't, I don't know trivia for, from the film. Okay, well, do you know you don't know what the original title for this? It wasn't Alien. Uh, I mean, <laughs> throw I, it out there. Take I a probably, wild guess. No, I I'm blanking. I I've probably heard it before, but I I can't. I can't. Josh, do you know what it's called? What it was I, called? I don't. Star Beast. Star Beast. I have heard that. Well, Star Beast is one of those titles that you, you know, you, you think of and then you, you know, you throw them away. Would this movie? be held in such high regard if it was named star beast star beast star like, beasts i mean honestly star like beast the, three the title <laughs> the title shouldn't affect the quality of the film honestly but like I, you know alien is it fits star beast I don't know. Right, well t- take my favorite movie halloween yeah the babysitter murders the babysitter murders Come which, on. which honestly makes more sense considering it really it wasn't does. halloween when they made the movie yeah. but it's based shit. on halloween night but that's the but does the name of the movie make does it influence it i mean in right. A sense. right because star beast yeah, would literally sound like a back shelf b movie alien movie well this ended up being a big thing i mean shoot alien changed the whole outer space type horror movie i mean we had star wars two years prior yeah but that was the big action shoot them up western star wars this was star horror so star horror space what? star horrors what i like that movie too star <laughs> horrors but uh or space horror however you want to call it but uh yeah this movie really set the precedent for that teeny tiny cast on this uh this seven seven cast members in total um a very claustrophobic film uh, we have a lot to say about this. I imagine it might be a long conversation or I could be completely overshooting that. We might talk about it for 30 minutes. We'll find out here in just a second. But before we start talking about this movie, Eric, tell us what was going on in 1979. We're sending you back in time. <laughs> Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, uh, General, General Mills launched Honey Nut Cheerios. In Yay. 1979, uh, J- Josh, do you, do you pour the milk first or the cereal first? 
the cereal. Nobody cares. I got you good, you fool. Anyway, uh, a rare sight as snow falls in the Sahara Desert in 1979. Kind of hard to believe it snowed there. Honestly, I have my droughts. Sorry, I, I look for better desert jokes, uh, but they're all pretty dry. I'm no longer involved with this show. <laughs> uh, in 1976, Little Richard quit rock and roll and drugs to preach and sell Bibles. Uh, he even worked around the church garden, just various maintenance. He uh, lopped all the rhubarb. He lopped bamboo. <laughs> I, I was so excited to tell that joke and nobody even laughed at it. Okay, hey, I met Little uh, Richard. He's a cool guy. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, you might be wondering what John Goodman was up to during all this. Hit it, Josh. Look how fucking small he is, dude. <laughs> Honestly, if it wasn't for that jawline, I would not even think that was John Goodman. Yeah. Yep. God, I remember my grandpa using that stuff. He's got those skin tighteners. Skin chillers. He's a handsome man. It is. I love John Goodman. I, I've always loved that dude. Yeah. Absolutely. We got to get some John Goodman flicks up in this beast. Yeah, we do. I believe aftershave is the least used thing on the VHS Files podcast through here. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I have true. a little. I thought you were going in like a general sense, but then you're like, oh, uh, well, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I haven't shaved with a razor in like 20 years. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. Screw that, dude. That aftershave sucks. I mean, when was the first time did you have your home alone moment? Like the first time you shaved yeah. and you threw on some aftershave? It literally... See, I never, I never experienced that. I always thought like I've put aftershave on after I've shaved, and it's never really bothered me. So, did you have the full alcohol stuff? Old school stuff had a shit ton of alcohol on it. I don't remember. I mean, yeah. does it look like I shave much? Well, I'm talking about back in the day because you did. Because <laughs> when I met you, you were nice, fresh shaved, little baby face, Josh. Little and I baby. Look He's like a little baby face. All right, well, let's talk about this. The, the, I watched this movie in 4K, and it looked fucking fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Steelbook, 4K, Screen Factory, whatever release that Josh watched. No, no Steelbook. You got to get off the Steelbook kick, man. I don't do the whole Steelbook. <laughs> You're way off. You're way off. You're I'm way sorry. Off. <laughs> I actually did not see Alien first, uh, much like what we talked about last week on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I saw aliens before i saw alien and uh hmm. love aliens we're probably gonna be talking about it sooner than rather than later um and i've got plenty to say about that movie but got into this one a little later on and um the more i watch it the more i i fucking love this movie um that is a note that i took myself okay i obviously i i already love this movie but literally every time i watch it i like it more mm -hmm. i struggle to find anything wrong with it it's magical to me you know watching it for the show and having to come up with something to talk about i found a couple little things that i can kind of pinpoint oh, yeah. we'll get to those oh, later yeah. but oh um, yeah oh yeah we're gonna pull some shit apart of this but uh i don't remember when i watched this for the first time i probably was either in my late teens or maybe even in my 20s honestly um or you know i, I might have been a, an older 
older kid, but uh, I definitely didn't watch this one as much as Aliens. Aliens had the fucking action going on, so I was all about that when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I remember when I did finally go and watch this one, I was a little taken aback because it wasn't as action-packed as Aliens was, and uh, you didn't have the space marines and all that shit. And this one is a very claustrophobic, dark, almost horror sci-fi movie. Uh, I, honestly, like I have no problem saying it's a horror movie. Um, is, I, I think it I is don't either. Movie. It is a horror movie. I, I, yeah, it's a horror movie. But I mean, Jason, that's what I just said earlier. I said, like, to me, this kind of set the precedent for space horror or star horrors, horrors, horror. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it did. I mean, any movie that's come after it where you're, you know, these people are stuck in space and it's either a creature or just shit's happening this bad or they took a trip to hell in Event Horizon. Yeah. It all kind of started here. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. And it's, you know, we're going to get into it in the conversation, but I think this, this movie set a precedence for, for space movies moving forward, especially with the horror twinge to them. That is, is hard to beat. Honestly. Um, Jason, when did you first see alien? Uh, I was much like uh, you. I remember seeing aliens first and uh, the whole space Marines thing. I always thought that was cool. Uh, I think I was probably, junior high or high school because yeah. i mean what well, aliens came out what 86 80 somewhere 87 yeah. yeah so i mean i saw that pretty quick whenever it was available on vhs because my mom and stepdad loved those kind of movies mm-hmm. so we we watched it and i remember watching it and i was i was scared but i remember i mean it was junior high when i saw this but there's definitely some aspects of this movie i mean especially growing up watching horror movies like michael myers jason and freddie and stuff like that Never, yeah. I mean, you saw aliens, and like us, what we were saying, it was more of an action kind of packs with the, some scares in it. This movie scared me because this is basically like it's jump scares, it's a but sl- they are great jump yeah. scares. It's a slasher movie in space, yeah. It's yeah, I mean, you have a lone killer, a loose on a, a spaceship, killing, knocking people off one at a time. Yep, so I mean, but yeah, it, I was probably. You know, early teenage years or right before teenage. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Eric, when did your love for this movie start? I think I saw this on TV before I ever saw it in its normal thing. I think this was one, a movie that I would see. And I, now that I think about it, they probably didn't cut a whole lot out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not that much to cut, but, um, I don't know. I've, I, I've always loved this movie and, there's certain movies that uh you know as i get older and have a more uh you know sophisticated palette for film or whatever yeah it's still good like you know there's some movies that kind of fallen off and like oh i love that when i was a kid but it's not really or nostalgia is really what's this one is just it was solid then when i didn't you know when i was just a kid Mm -hmm. and then it just continued to be amazing no matter what my where i'm coming from um but it was always one along with predator you know you mentioned predator um some of those 80s 79 80s movies i watched them in the 80s <laughs> and uh it, yeah that just were just absolute classics from the very first time i saw them it was released in september well no may in the united states so i was gonna say if it was released later in the year i would consider it an 80s movie honestly the majority of the the, the fans of this movie probably do come from the 80s um yeah but i was two <laughs> right <laughs> I, came out, so. I was yeah, exactly. non-existent when this movie came out <laughs> you were uh, on your way yeah 
basically. <laughs> but let's, I mean, I kind of want to get into this movie right off the bat. I mean, yeah. th- this fucking title card reveal is one of the mm. best in the fucking business. And yep. it, it's simplistic. And much like this movie in general, like we're talking about how this movie works as a horror movie in space and all of that. And while you have a really great story, you know, um, that's one thing, but this movie also brings design. Mm-hmm. And I really want to talk to Eric about this aspect of it since he is a designer. Um, everything that is designed in this movie is fucking perfect. It, it, there's so much extra effort put into background elements that, you know, yeah. would in many cases be just relatively simple. There's that extra time put into just panels on the wall that have interesting patterns and all that kind of stuff. And like you said, the title, title, uh, you know, the title card or whatever, as it reveals itself, just excellent typography. The whole thing just kind of comes in mm-hmm. magically and just, uh, I mean, it's also, I think, like, it shows restraint. Right. As does a lot of this movie shows restraint in such a wonderful way mm-hmm. that builds suspense. Um, the way you have to wait for that word, those five letters to reveal themselves. Right. You know, the way you have to wait to see what's going on. Um, same with the the score is restrained the jerry goldsmith score yes and so much of it 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 all works so wonderfully together to create this unease and this suspense Mm -hmm. that just blankets the whole movie from the get-go it sets the the tone for the whole thing yeah i feel like with the intro and the music the score all of that stuff like it does a really good job of making you feel comfortable coming into the movie Whereas as you go through the movie, it gets more tense and more anxiety ridden. But, um, you know, like we talked about last week with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, how that one is just complete, like work of terror from the moment it starts to the moment it ends. (laughs) You get to ease into Alien and kind of really feel out where you are, who the people are. You get good character development with these people. Um, I just I, I love the way this movie opens. I mean, I don't I don't think there's a, a line of dialogue until probably 10, 12 minutes in. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but I, I do love that that opening where you get the lay of the ship first and mm-hmm. then you, you you come into where they're waking up. Uh it seems very that, artsy to me right there. Yeah. Just the, the design whole, of those pods. The that, pods that and then in. you got uh what's his name? Uh I forget his character name, but uh Hurt, the actor when he's waking up, I mean, that's very artistic. It's kind of like something you would see in an old animated film of like something awakening from a deep sleep, like nature or something like that happening. Right. And I, I noticed that I, I caught that vibe really heavy this time watching it. Yeah. Um, and I love all the reflections of the computer screen and the helmet. Oh and yeah. How that's so cool. Sort of wakes up yeah. and, but when we, when we get everybody awake and at the table eating and kind of, you know, riffing on each other, I, you get more character development at this dinner table than you'd get in most movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, that anytime they're eating in this movie, they eat twice. <laughs> right. And, and <laughs> I wouldn't eat Both again times. after the second time either. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love, yeah, I love how it swings around the table and yeah you get exactly you get a taste of everybody it feels so natural everything about it feels natural all the all the performances are very natural nothing's 
nothing's over the top and i mean everything about this just feels uh natural yeah i think the the my uh i've noticed watching this time you were just talking about characters and their interaction i love parker and uh was it brett was it they brett? are they are my fucking like dude because i mean they just woke up Before from how long is sleeping i think we ought to discuss the bonus situation right brett and right. i we think we ought to we deserve full shares, right? right baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation has never been on a, an equitable level. Well, you get what you contracted for like everybody else. Yes, but everybody else uh, gets more than us. <laughs> I love their their little banter between each other and with the rest of the crew through this whole uh, movie until they're demise right i mean everything about this crew feels natural and i mean you get the sense that some of them have known each other for a long time some of them haven't known each other for a long time like i I do get a sense between like uh parker and um brett that they they aren't really keen on ripley like there's that scene between them and ripley in the bay where they're talking about their shares and everything and um like I, I like that there's there's bickering between them. They really feel like a crew that have been working together for a while and have animosity towards one another, right. one another, animosity towards the work they're doing and how they're being paid. Um, it really yeah, sets up a Ripley's huge... clearly like a ball buster. You yeah. know what I mean? So like they don't want to deal with. They, it seems like they respect her, but they don't. They don't want to have to deal with it because she know, they know they can't mess with her kind of a thing. Yeah, because right. she's a higher-ranking officer on the ship. They're just basically maintenance. Right. That's basically what they're doing. They're taking care of everything. But without them, nobody lives. Right. <laughs> because they have to keep the ship up and running. It holds weight because they're they're concerned about what they're making, and they're not going to work unless they get paid. And I like that there is that kind of there's, – there's almost a class divide between them and, say, like Dallas and, and Ripley. And, uh, like – when they're talking about their shares and it cuts over to, to Dallas and he's just like, Oh, well you'll get your share. Like everybody else. Like he's not worried about it, but they are because they're getting the shit into the stick and the other guys are getting paid. Like, well, they've already signed a, you know, they've kind of already made, yeah, they signed a contract. He, yeah. He's not there to negotiate their contract. He doesn't want to deal with that bullshit. So, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree though. It, it does make them all very relatable. Uh, you know, you can, it, it feels like your average business scenario with various yeah. staff that have to you know, live with each other. And, and we're in, in past, right. and, and in, like Jason brought up in past viewings of this, I'm, I'm attached to Dallas's character. I'm attached to Ripley. Of course I'm attached to Ripley. She's the main person in aliens. That's why I'm going into this franchise. But like, I, I fell in love with Yafet Kato in this movie. I think yeah. him like, him and, and and Harry Dean Stanton together are great, but I just love Parker's like complete no bullshit. Like I'm gonna say what's on my mind, you know. Like he has no quarrel about like just putting it out there. Uh, and we'll get into some of that as we get into the movie. But yeah, I mean, I I love the setup here and uh, just fuck space. Like <laughs> not interested. Fuck not space. Interested. Yeah. Well. I- the one thing I want to talk about, you know, because Eric's talking about the way everything like he likes to lay out and everything in in the background and how the ship's laid out. Mm-hmm. The one thing I've ever noticed since I've watched this movie as a younger kid and stuff like that is when we get our first introduction to Mother, I've always referred to that as the light bright room. Yeah. I, I <laughs> it's like a bunch of light bright boards stuck on the wall. <laughs> I love that room. That room is I've, amazing. I want my bedroom to look like that room. 
And even though all that technology is dated and like, if, if we were it really building, cool. yeah, if we were really building ships like that now, it would be nothing like that. I, I, I still have no problem believing that this is a distant future space vessel. Like I have no problem with that. Like, and, and Jenny did make a issues like, man, they did. What did she say? She was like, they, they didn't think that TV screens could be bigger in the future. Or so she made a comment or something like that. And I was like, well, I mean, when you're making a movie, you can only work with what you have. <laughs> and I think all they had were little tube TVs to work with at this point. Yeah. So. yeah. But well, it worked fine. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, even though it looks dated, I, I love this ship. I, I could spend hours just watching them work on this ship. Honestly, like I just love being there. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Well, the one thing I want to point out, okay, we're talking, uh, Josh said the movie is very claustrophobic. He mentioned it at the beginning. This is the thing I have, and I've noticed it about this movie, where they decide they got to go check on this distress call. Mm-hmm. And that's why they, we find out that's why they've been woke up. Because mm-hmm. mother says, hey, there's something going on and receive the transmission. It's They haven't deciphered it yet, but they got to check it out. That's right, mandatory. Well, the yeah, company... But- and I love the exchange between uh, Ripley and Lambert when they're talking about like, where's home, where's home. And Ripley's just like, this isn't our, not system. our system, <laughs> you know, like, but the thing is you get that shot as it's a cool shot as the Nostromos goes by the planet. Yeah. This ship is the size of a city floating through space. It's huge. Okay. But that's where you say claustrophobic. How the hell can you be claustrophobic? in a floating city well the thing is <laughs> but they only use part of this ship as the whole story well the there thing was is, a whole city to run around in. <laughs> they're mining stuff in space mining so. ship yeah so they, yeah. they a lot of it might just be storage for whatever you're mining so the, the actual living space is smaller so there jason take your little complaint and put it in the trash no nope. nope, because <laughs> hey if they're putting right the trash stuff there if they're putting Listen. it there, they have to drive equipment in there to put it in there. So, <laughs> I don't see your point. It's it's still a big mining ship, probably mostly for storage. Well, I mean, that's I'll go, my answer. I'll go back to the I'll go back to the tagline. No one can hear you scream in space. Like it doesn't matter how big that fucking ship is. Like I'm still in a claustrophobic state because I'm in fucking space. There's right. nothing out there, <laughs> you know. Like, all right, but, fine. And you can't scream in space. Nobody can hear you. It doesn't exist. Yeah, we've established that. Yeah. You could scream in your spacesuit. Yeah. <laughs> but right? but that's the thing is that tagline is you, nobody can hear you scream in space. You would not be able to scream in space. <laughs> not on a spaceship. Space. <laughs> are we not in space right now? I mean, we are. We're talking about that space between your ears. <laughs> that void. Void. <laughs> I, I would imagine that would be something that you would be pretty shocked to wake up to. Like you're expecting that to be home from this mission that you were on and, Oh no, you're, you're only halfway home. Uh, but still like where a lot of movies can, can get cheaper and feel cheesy is, is the setup for something like that. And I, again, like this movie just feels grounded, even though it's in space feels grounded um with with just how it's just this normal sort of procedure sort of style of things and it's 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 you know they were woken up because the ship found a distress signal and that's what they're supposed to to do in that situation and i love love parker when it comes hey you want to pay me more i'll go do it but until you pay me some more money i am not interested in doing any of this shit 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it, everyone has like rational reactions to what's going on. Yeah, you know, nobody reacts like somebody would in a movie. I, everyone pretty much makes reasonable decisions based on what kind of character they are. You know, if if they're super brave and and all about honor, they put themselves on the line. If they're more concerned with their own hide, they are a little more. I, every decision fits the character. Yeah. And that's why even we have such little time with these people, they all feel fleshed out because, you know, they all act rationally throughout the film. And even the decisions, even the decisions that are made that put us in a, a bad situation, there is a reason behind that. Which yeah. Is, they, yeah. There's a reason what? behind everyone's motivations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that if most of the crew would have listened to Parker when he asked his questions, they would have all probably lived. Yeah. Except for well, uh, I mean, if you want to get right down to it, if they would have just listened to Ripley like Ripley. they were supposed to, but there, there's a there's a wild card in there, you know, with with Ash, you know, yeah. and that's um, where Ash at Parker straight too about if you if we don't go check it out, there is a clause in the contract which specifically states any systematized transmission indicating a possible intelligent origin must be investigated. I want to hear. We don't know that's intelligent. I want to go home and party. Parker, will you just listen to the man? penalty of total forfeiture of shares money you got that <laughs> yeah all right we're going in i can understand their trepidation of wanting to go do this i mean this isn't like you're taking a detour to fucking tucson on the way to california or something <laughs> this is fucking space a planet that you've never been to you yeah. don't know what the fuck is there you don't know what this signal is that you're, that you're having to check out like yeah, I would be pretty upset about having to do some shit like this too. But, you know, if you signed up for it, I guess that's what you get. Well, especially when you encounter an alien ship. Yeah. Which, again, I'm not an expert here at this point. Certainly in this film, it's not established, right? But do they say anything about whether they haven't encountered any intelligent life yet, right? Like right, we're, all, we're all, a spacefaring uh, well, humanity the, at this point, but well, we that's have what not... I kind of wondered because they say, "Is it human?" They did mention that in the film, and I'm like, "So have we talked to aliens before?" Yeah, I, because I, they did mention that part. I didn't catch that, but I would I would assume the 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 suspension of disbelief there would be. I mean, we you know we, we're already we're humans traveling in deep space. I guess it would make sense that another spacecraft could be uh, in distress on a planet and that they would want to go check that out. But I don't think I think it's not until they actually find the craft that they realize that they're dealing with an alien spaceship. We get to the uh, the the surface of this little planetoid we're trying to figure out which why we're down there and we see the first the ship that's not ours and is obviously probably not human uh at the same time as when ripley finds out that that transmission mother's deciphered part of it it doesn't look like an sos what is it then well i it looks like a warning i'm gonna go out after them what's the point you've got ash pushing the envelope the whole time yeah right anytime anyone starts to doubt what they're doing ash pushes them and that's through. what i've noticed after you go back because you know what happens after the first time you watch this movie you go back and you look for his facial expressions and his mannerisms to see could i have seen this before and you do see it earlier in the film than when you find out in the original watch that wait this guy was off the biggest thing when he leaves kane uh just on the stretcher with the thing on his face not in the 
containment pod thing. Like, mm-hmm. it just leaves him out. Yeah. That's a dead giveaway. I mean, you just left him out in the right. room? Come on. Come on. Well, here was the question that I came up with here because they do they, they go out of their way to to make it there's the it's if, if you if you blink you'll miss it in the dialogue but when they say mother wants to talk to um Dallas he says oh I noticed yellow light my eyes only like he's the only one who's supposed to go in there and see what this transmission is and and whatnot he's the captain of the ship how did Ash know all of this I'm wondering if mother is communicating with Ash. Well, we find out later that Ash isn't human. So that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I think he was, they were communicating through his brain. Yeah. Because ultimately, <laughs> so, this turns into Ash's mission once they figure out there's alien life form. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, what is Mother? Is Mother just the directive and it's the computer uh, and feed it, fed <laughs> the thing? But is, is Mother, is, are we actually getting questions answered by? Uh, like you know, the headquarters, or is Mother really just an AI that answers questions based on the mission protocols? Mother is the grandmother of Alexa, <laughs> and she runs the fucking ship. But it all, I think, comes down from the company. No, I, I think I think the biggest thing behind Mother is is after two thousand and one, everybody felt like they had to have a Howl system in a space yeah. movie. Well, I mean, there's obviously a lot of 2001 influence here. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, In many different ways. But uh, least of all, yeah, Mother, for sure, is is, uh, definitely a Hal-inspired thing. But it's just weird because they kind of refer to it. And then in future movies, we deal with Wayland Industries and all this kind of stuff and their motivations and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I'm just, when I w- look at this movie by itself, I'm like, is mother just basically their, their ship's protocol that's been all programmed and it's just going to answer questions based on that. Or are we getting real connection with other humans on earth right. or, or wherever? Well, it has charge? to be because it, it, because the company changed the directives, which we find out later of what they needed to do. Everything was changed and that had to come from the company right it's easy to put that together knowing the sequels where the sequels go after this because Waylon yutani wants the specimen brought back and all of that stuff but i think what eric's getting at is with this movie we didn't know we were going to make a franchise out of this movie so what was the what was the purpose of mother was mother actually communication with Waylon yutani or was mother an ai i think it's both i think i think mother runs the ship but Waylon communicates with mother to communicate with the crew now, while we're talking about Waylon, Eric, again, design, uh, branding. He does all the branding for the VHS files. Tell me how you feel about Waylon Utani and their branding. Uh, I, I, I love the Waylon stuff. Is, is that in here? Am I? Hold on. What do you mean? Is the Waylon branding stuff in this movie? Oh, it's everywhere. They, they work for Waylon Utani. <laughs> This is your favorite movie, Eric. Josh, uh, yeah, Eric loves this movie. I don't know who's Waylon. What's this movie, Alien? What am I, I watching? Know who Waylon is? The fucking logo is on everybody's clothing and the helmets. Hey, and hey, the chip. Hey, <laughs> hey, Eric Sigourney Weaver's in this movie too. Her name is Sigourney Weaver. So. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
I remember it more from later movies is what I'm trying to say. And, and, you know, it's obviously everywhere in like the newer alien films. Oh yeah. Uh, You know, and that's, but I'm trying to see like examples of it in the original film. Cause um, you know, you see a lot, you know, the, the wings, it's like a, it looks like wings. It almost looks like uh, the Egyptian, like a scarab or something. Mm -hmm. You guys know what I'm talking about? Google it. Anyway, honestly, I didn't notice it so much this time when it was when I was watching it. Uh, so I don't know. I I, but I do love it, um, and I do love any kind of branded, you know, uh, especially like eighties or seventies branded corporations. You know, yeah, like uh, OCP and things like that. Right. Um, the Whalen logo is good, but I'm trying to find out. I feel like I'm going crazy. And well, while Eric's trying to figure that out, and while we're trying to talk about design, let's talk about when we get on the ship. One of my favorite parts of the crash when they land on the planet is again Parker and Brett. How long before it's functional? What was what? what? It's 17 hours, fella. At least 25 hours. I just I love I love these two like they're they're almost the comic relief but they're not supposed to be like I, I don't know like I love them here though I love their exchange when Ripley's down there and they're talking and I can't hear over this steam and blah 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 and she walks away he just turns the valve off yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like he's like there's nothing he, he was trying to make it like look at this fucking leak type thing and then he just walks and goes Shh. and at that okay. point and that's like uh, you know i also love that we really so far we don't really have a main character quote unquote that we're following in this movie we're just following this crew absolutely and- I, you know you don't know at all that that sigourney weaver would be your main person uh i i just wanted to say that i'm I think I found proof that I'm actually correct here. You only get the uh, the the winged uh, Whalen logo, Whalen Utani logo in the in the original Alien film. It wasn't until Aliens that they have the the rebranding that has the W with like the triangles in it, and that's what really threw me when you asked me that. Well. Well, well, we'll use it in a sense of the series, okay? Like, how do you... I, I, yeah, but I'm just saying, series. like, the, the, the Whalen logo you see on T-shirts and stuff like that, most of the time is, the, is, is the big W, which, which is not in this movie. So, no, it's which a different I, logo. And I was, like, starting to question my own sanity. But, yeah, there's a few different... It's kind of interesting. I, there, I found, like, a timeline of the Alien... Uh, the Whalen branding in the Alien franchise, which is pretty cool find literally anything on the internet we'll, we'll post this on on twitter <laughs> well, yeah but you about- yeah you don't know who the main character yeah. is I, it could very easily be dallas you know as you start the movie right like you would assume it's dallas because he's the captain of the ship and all that stuff um but yeah i mean even with uh with that exchange with ripley and parker and brett and everything and you know she's she's quite sassy don't with worry, them parker yeah you'll get whatever's coming to you look you know almost like talking down to them you know and Brett, 
You're guaranteed by law to get a share. I love that. <laughs> He's got the steam Why on. Yeah. <laughs> what? And what did you say, Rip? If you have any trouble, I'll be on the bridge. Some bad ADR right there, I do want to say. Oh. Oh, there's something else wrong with it. It's not I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't don't rag on it. You got to be nice yeah. to it. I also have a question. When they're scanning the 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 planet and you see all these peaks and valleys on the on the screen, mm-hmm. are you guys familiar with that Joy Division shirt that all the 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 kids wear that have the like has like those peaks and valleys on it? As they were going down to the planet, I was looking at that and I was like, "Did Joy Division take this shit from Alien?" Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I'm going to Google it right now. <laughs> it's a Google episode. I'm Googling everything. We get on the planet. We discover the ship. And uh, again, like these guys are more fucking adventurous than I am. Because if I found that shit, I don't think I would go in there. But um, yes, you want to talk about design. And, and if you like that ship or, you know, the Nostromo. Oh, my fucking God. Dude, when we get in this spaceship. I, 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 I'm just like, it takes my breath away, man. Like, I can't believe this is a fucking set someone designed, you know, I mean, the HR Geiger, HR yeah. Geiger did dude. And I mean, you can't talk alien without talking Geiger. And I, I mean, that man invented a one of a kind creature, the designs, the face hugger, everything else in this, the space jockey. I didn't want to have eyes because it makes the monster more dangerous. It's more scary. And uh, because you you never know where the monster is looking. All of it is just freaking phenomenal. I mean, I mean it was after seeing this movie. I mean, uh, like even bands started using his designs in their album covers. And it was it Jonathan Davis had it like a thing that he used to use the cover of one of Danzig's albums is yeah, a the cover of how the gods kill is Geiger uh, stuff like that. But I'd read a little thing about him. O'Bannon had met Geiger mm-hmm. uh, before, when they got ready to design all this stuff. Geiger brings out this little tinfoil. He said, would you like some opium? I said, why do you take that? He said, I am afraid of my visions. He said, it's only your mind. He said, that is what I'm afraid of. And he brings out a book, art book, with his paintings in it. And I started looking at this, and he and Alejandro go into a big discussion about Dune. I started looking at these paintings, and it, it took a minute for it to register what I was seeing. But uh, what I was seeing seemed to be very disturbing. So, and I was like, I could see that. And it actually kind of like freaked him out a little bit because of the art was so detailed, but was like, you know, it had it's got a lot of sexual innuendo with the alien and all of that stuff. And if you've ever seen any of his other art and whatnot, you can definitely see all of that there. This is this movie is basically about like sexual assault. Like yeah. these these are like giant dick aliens that come and impregnate <laughs> you. It's a flying dick. Matra, <laughs> matra. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, shit. Well, it, and it's funny, you bring that up, and I want to read a quote from the screenwriter, uh, Ron Shusset, I think is his name. Dan said, somehow the monster has to get on board the ship in a way that will amaze everybody. And so I wake up in the middle of the night, and I said, Dan, I have an idea. And he said, what? And I said, the monster screws one of the people. He says, what? What are you talking about? I said, he jumps in his face, plants a tube down him, 
inserts his seed in him, and later it comes bursting out of his stomach and then goes, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) He does. He face fucks him. Yeah, Yeah, basically. (laughs) That's sorry. That's the easiest way to put it is what happens. And honestly, I mean, that that whole aspect of how this alien, you know, becomes what it is and whatnot is is fucking terrifying, man. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I, before we get on to the, the alien, I still want to talk about the ship, the ship and the space jockey, the space jockey, man. Jesus. And we know we know where that's gone in recent years. With but Prometheus and all yeah, that. Yeah. And for the, and, you know, I have some para and some stuff about Prometheus that I've want to talk about within this later but not so much here because you've got the engineers and all that stuff and honestly like i like watching this movie through the lens of this is just an alien spacecraft they found i don't really want to bring my prometheus stuff to this no 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 you got to just watch it as is and forget all that shit and and the scale of him is just massive they climb up over that over that little ridge Mm -hmm. you see how small they are you see him there and you go oh oh my god like yeah and it's just so alien i mean that's geiger's you know well tapping into something that feels so unearthly so bizarre and like it kind of looks like an elephant skull it's kind of yeah but it has the human uh, aspect to it too sure it's the design and that's where i think you can even kind of see dallas as he stares at it is like yeah what the hell am i looking at because this is alien obviously but why does it have a human look little details to it that would be human All right, arms and legs yeah and dallas's observation is you know he even says it in the movies like something protruded out of the rib cage yeah. Yeah, the so he's viewing out. it as as some form of an uh, an endoskeleton for 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 an alien which is at the time was it, we had no reason to believe that it wasn't like he exploded from inside i wonder what happened to the rest of the crew Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, I'm not crazy about Lambert in, in the movie, but I think... Oh, see, she, I like Lambert, but go ahead. But but, but I think she makes valid points, and I, I like the bickering with, between her and Ripley and, and whatnot. I think she works here. It's just, if I was going to rank the crew of the Nostromo, she'd probably be at the bottom somewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's not brave, per se, but she's also like takes things seriously before a lot of the others do while they're a little willy-nilly about certain things she's like you know obviously she didn't agree with with uh see that's where a lot of the the confrontation between ripley after they get back to the ship she's very upset that ripley does what she does but you know you were just thinking you know you you were just thinking we need to get out of here and now we've got a, a situation on our hands and you want to throw all protocol out the window and just get on the ship right. and go. I can understand the human side of that. Like, no, I want to get, I want to be back. Right. On my you leave wanted to here. leave Kane on the, on the. Yeah. To die. Man, yeah. Just leaving. Yeah. But and, let's uh, talk about, let's talk about the uh, egg. I want to talk about the eggs when we get to that. Yes. The eggs. I mean, what a, another amazing design. Now, it's very original. Like, I mean, I always I have a joke because I hate avocados and I actually call them alien eggs. (laughs) Uh, That's what I call them. I mean, me and my girlfriend go back and forth. I don't think she's really seen these movies or doesn't remember them, but she doesn't get my reference. But most people who have, they go, holy shit. Yeah. An avocado. Yeah, (laughs) it does work. But uh, 
It's one reason why I don't like avocados. I went for the face hugger to jump out. I love when you zoom in on the egg and you can see like the skin bubbling and literally this black stuff and it's dripping upward. But that's yeah. the connection that I was going to bring. One of the connections I was going to bring up to Prometheus is when Jenny and I were watching this, I was like, holy it's shit. The, the they black do the drip. Fucking black goo from Prometheus. Like, yeah. never noticed it before. Doesn't that drip up too in Prometheus or am I crazy? I think it has, I think it, it does its own thing. I don't know if we ever see it drip up, but I think it, it does move omnidirectional. Hmm. Because remember, he pulls it out in Prometheus. It's, it's like in a glass vial. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, yeah, yeah. and then. I forgot the character's but the, name. But. The thing they do here that they, they don't really do in the other movies that I can remember is when he's looking at the egg and he's shining the light in, how it's translucent. Yeah. And yeah. you can see the alien moving around in it. I don't remember them doing stuff like that. It's like a regular before. egg. You can do that with a regular egg, too. Yeah, if you shine a light through the other side of an egg, you can see inside of it. Yeah. Huh. Well, they don't do it in any of the other movies, so I was like, wow, I'm, I'm surprised they did that here and we never saw it again, but I love it. Yeah, and at this point... Kane can see this thing moving inside the fucking egg. All this, this is when you leave, bro. Go. This is when you ah! leave, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! I found something weird. We gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. I think. We'll, we'll uh, call it back in. We're out. Bye. Jenny was like, his face is so close to that. He's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ridley Scott <laughs> probably took criticism there and said, "Oh yeah." Watch this <laughs> Prometheus where he made it even worse. But right. When that face hugger jumps out of there and gets Kane, man, like that's that's a jump scare that's still like it doesn't get me anymore. But I remember the first time I watched this movie. Yeah, that oh, yeah. Shit got me, man. There are a handful of excellent jump scares and they're all set up perfectly. And there's not too oh, many yeah. of them. It's like three or four mm -hmm. good ones. And they're all set up so wonderfully. It doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Hollywood has cheapened the jump scare because you expect it. But in 1979, it wasn't a, a thing in every horror movie per, per se, you know. I feel but, like uh, I feel like James Wan got creative with it with The Conjuring in a couple a of his other movies because there's certain points in The Conjuring where I was expecting a jump scare to happen, and he's just there. building the tension. Yeah. And then the jump scare happens probably like five seconds later than you thought it was going to happen. Yeah. When they yeah. open the cabinet door and you expect them to shut it and there's your jump scare and it doesn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, he shuts so, it, then he turns around and it's a jump scare. Yeah. Big well, deal. No, no. Yeah. James, Wan, James Wan stinks. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Malignant? I have. I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I it was okay. I didn't love I prefer it. The Conjuring, but. I like the first, um, the first, the first conjuring, conjuring is, is really good. Yeah, yeah. What but, I think is also really creative here is the the video feed from the suits that the um, Ash is watching as they're going to the ship and coming back. And I I kind of like that they stuck with that aspect with aliens and they do more with it in aliens. Yep. I, I really like that a lot. Um, you mean even though that you want to give all the credit to James Cameron for that shit? Give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Sorry, go ahead. We could talk I, about that. I think I was just giving moment. recognition to Ridley Scott here, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, when they get back to the ship and this whole confrontation between Ripley and them and, and her letting them on the ship, I, I love this. And I love that Ripley 
pretty much keeps her calm during all of this. Hey, Ripley. Right here. We're clean. Let us in. What happened to Kane? Something has attached itself to him. We have to get him to the infirmary right away. What kind of thing? I need a clear definition. An organism. Open the hatch. No. Sigourney Weaver is perfect in this movie. Every line is perfect. Yeah. Everything, every moment is perfection. <laughs> I don't know what it is yeah. about. Like, I love the way she looks in this movie. Like, uh, you know, just her, she doesn't overact it. Uh, she's just, I, I don't know. She's like majestic. I, I'm just like blown she's away. She's a fucking every... unicorn, Eric. Is that what she, you're trying she to is. say? She is. She is. She's okay. amazing. It's something about rainbows her, like, shooting out of her ass. So she so. just nails it, dude. She's got those strong cheekbones and yeah, the she's very face. angular face and, yeah. and 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 not just you know the sort of strong woman thing, which is totally there, um, but also you know just acting like natural, like just when she's in tough situations and panicking or being scared when she's supposed to be scared and yeah, she's not like fearless or anything. She's just very realistic, very natural performance. When things are crazy, she's terrified. When she's you know, having to take care of business. She's a badass. When she's arguing with somebody, she holds her like I, she's just so awesome. You yeah. Know? And even when I all this can't goes, say enough when even when all this stuff goes down with Ash later, like you can tell she's scared to death, but she's still like upholding like she's still upholding her position on this ship. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, she doesn't know that Ash is a android, but, you know, yeah. well, a little couple movie facts ripley was originally supposed to be a guy well i yeah and and they I, changed it because the studio thought it'd be a little better to have at this time of, of the world to maybe have a strong female character i just agree standard guy and uh I mean, well the, the, i go ahead eric oh i just on just to piggyback that i i i read that the the script was the casting director was said that all the roles are genderless so that uh that every role and if you think about it any role could be swapped with oh, a yeah. male or a female like <laughs> the ro- the the people the characters in this movie really aren't aren't defined by their gender right it really doesn't come into the film at all there's no romance there's no it's literally just each person has a personality and their gender is almost irrelevant i mean they could all but- argue with ripley just as well if she was a guy like yeah. So that's pretty interesting on that level too, right? Yeah. Even though it, uh, it's obviously some sexuality on there, because on the wall is a whole wall full of naked women in <laughs> one of those guys' lockers. Okay, so you know it's the guy's locker. Maybe it's Ripley's locker. Oh. Let's take bets. Is it Parker's locker or is or, it or Brett? Brett's? It's Parker <laughs> or Brett. It's one of them two, more than likely. <laughs> It was just it was just anatomy lesson stuff, Ash's stuff on there. That's but the all. thing with and uh, I was gonna bring up a second note with Ash is Ash wasn't in the original script. The producers put his character into the movie. I think it works though. I mean, I, I th- yeah, I think it ends up. Well, being it becomes a a key aspect of alien films is yeah. is having a. I mean, you can't have an alien film without an android somewhere. I'm going back a little bit here, but I also love that they're always bitching about the food on the ship, too. Like, <laughs> the coffee is the only thing good on the ship. <laughs> and they continue to bitch about the food and aliens. Like, this is a very, very good, like, I love the way they set up character in this movie and going into the next one. Once you get into Alien 3 and so on, uh, that's a different story. But 
Uh, I really like when um, Lambert gets on the ship and fucking clocks Ripley. Slaps the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bitch. Wow. Yeah. And so, so who's the strong woman type now, Eric? <laughs> Lambert is. She bitch slapped her. Uh, yeah, I think up, Ripley, Ripley would beat the, the holy shit out of Lambert if, you know. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to, to bring up here. I mean, it, <laughs> do we think Ripley is hardened at this point, or do we think that the, 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 the this situation led her to be the hard ass she becomes in Aliens? Yeah, I mean, she's not a soldier or anything at this yeah. point. Right. She's just following protocol through the whole movie, basically. Right. Yeah. She's just doing her job mm-hmm. through the whole movie. But yeah, after this, it's become, hey, I've dulled my senses to the shit that I've been through. <laughs> I will fucking maintain and persevere to save everybody's ass. Right. That's pretty much what happens. But I love this whole scene with them bringing Kane in, you know, just looking over uh, this face hugger. The reveal of the face hugger. When yeah. The, the, when it tightens around his neck. Yeah. Uh, and it, how he's it looks sweating so profusely and yeah yeah everyone's sweating in this movie it's wet it's sweaty it's dirty i mean that's another thing that makes it feel realistic everything feels lived in you know uh, <laughs> but there's the other side of that on the other side of the wall where you got parker and brett and ripley looking in at what's going on how many fucking times does parker say why don't we freeze him yeah, that's why I said if they would have fucking listened to Parker, <laughs> we're done. I wanted you guys freeze him. How come they don't freeze him? Well, maybe she has a point, you know. Who the hell knows what that thing is? I'm gonna get that off. How come they don't freeze him? Well, I mean, if they listened to Parker, they likely would have frozen, brought him to Earth, and then. And that's what Jenny, everyone on earth. (laughs) Jenny was trying to make that argument too. She was like, yep, there you go. You should freeze him. I was like, no, then you got an alien on earth and that's a bigger problem. Yeah. It's a much bigger problem. Yeah. And then we look at it that way. And then we get the reveal of the acid for blood, which again, like not only do you give us a, a perfect design for an alien, you also give us this little undercurrent of like, Oh, you think you're going to kill them, but they're still going to fuck you up even if you try to kill them. Yeah, yeah. It's and, not that simple. You can't just blow it away like right. any other movie, right? And even the suspense of when the acid hits the ground, they're like, oh, shit, this stuff's going to go through the hole. Like, yeah, that yeah. causes another big problem. So, you know, they they really are in a predicament where they've got to be, you know, they've got to defend themselves, but they've got to be very careful the way they do it. So just this, everything about this movie is really fucking smart, man. I just want to know why the acid didn't keep going. I think it loses potency. not enough. Yeah. yeah like yeah. It, it loses potency the, the, you say the no. longer you stretch it. I guess so. As it reacts with the metal. It, yeah. It seems like Some lazy of it writing. is lost. Lazy writing. Well, I mean. No, no, it isn't lazy writing. It's alien blood. You don't know what properties it has. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh after the fact is okay well we tried the alien thing we put him away and like you said ash left him out outside and then we come back and everybody's talking and they look over face hugger's gone yeah this is where you know ash isn't as reliable as you thought he was yeah, right, right here they should all be looking at ash like hey what the hell why was he not in that behind the glass thing mm-hmm. why is he just out hanging out it actually takes them a while to close the door when they come into, which is a little bothersome. Yeah. It's like, you can let this thing scurry out. 
Well, that's the kind of thing, like he said, when I go back and watch it, the little things that Ash does, because he's the one who closes the door. It's like, he probably waited. Fuck, it, it didn't run out. I'm going to go ahead and shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it was going to run out because he doesn't know what it is. He, he doesn't know that it, it, if it's alive or dead after it left uh, Kane's body. So, and, and, and that's, a, that's another tension building part of this and another smart direction with the writing, in my opinion, is they only know this alien as this face hugger. And once it's gone, they're like, oh, like th- they think that's their threat, this, this small little alien. <laughs> and then we even get that sort of same scenario when 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 it the chest burster comes out of cane it's small and they really don't have any idea the scale that this alien is going to become uh well the one thing i want to talk about is like okay they it falls out of the ceiling it's dead yeah you know but then they touch it but yet the hands the legs close so it's got they said it's a reflex yeah 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 and i mean they're poking at this thing and uh, it's I mean, all they, gooey they, and fleshy. Yeah. <laughs> they they knew that uh, that it was like down his throat, right? And they so they had like imaging, like a X ray or some kind of thing. Of, well, they were convinced that it was feeding him oxygen, and if they took it off of him, he wouldn't be able to breathe. You just think that they would have. I mean, obviously, we know the answer to this is Ash, but you would think that they would do some kind of scan to see if he had any foreign business going on but yeah uh, but yeah ash is obviously not doing his job like he should and uh so so then we have the 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 next eating scene which is of course that's the scene of the movie really right for most Uh, people i want to ask i i would say maybe not for fans but i i would say as like far as like the pop culture zeitgeist this movie is known for the chest burst right Oh, sure. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, well, the thing is, like, I, I love all the red herrings this movie gives you with the aliens because you've got different versions of it and all that stuff. Because, I mean, you've got your face hugger, which is a completely different entity from the chest burster. And I love that they, they play with you a little bit. They're like, oh, this is a threat. Oh, well, the threat's dead. Oh, well, here's another threat. And you thought that threat was bad. This one's even worse. Yeah. And, the, re- and the reveal of this thing and i wanted to ask who did it better alien or space balls hello my baby hello my honey hello my raccoon gal send me a kiss by wire baby my heart's on fire oh i don't know because uh, space balls is derivative therefore alien is better <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, I still love my space i even sent you guys uh space balls yeah. alien on the text thread today so but love space balls space balls is definitely a superior movie to this i, I mean, think it is. i think the first time <laughs> i think the first, i think the first time i saw space balls i didn't get the reference because i don't think i had seen alien at that point and i love that in space balls it's john hurt that oh, it happened not, yeah not again <laughs> Tim, make not, it again. <laughs> not again not again but it was cool that he returned to do that and he had the humor to do it again for that yeah. movie yeah for uh, sure from with mel Brooks. but the thing is that this scene like you could uh i'd read in this when they were shooting the scene uh john hurt knew what was going to go on he knew everything but nobody else did but the cast was only knew that something was going to happen but they didn't know and when they shot the scene of when it actually burst out of his chest the screaming and their facial reactions are real I don't think anybody had any idea that it would become a kind of film classic. 
was much publicized, the fact that the cast didn't know what was going to happen. That was the first take. It was everybody's reaction. Um, when that thing burst out of there and they shot me with an entire blood pellet. It was like a jet of blood that hit my, I was so taken aback. My knees hit the back of the banquette and I flipped upside down and I had two cowboy boots sticking up. I turn over, I realize they're still shooting. I have to get up and I continue acting. And I think that's awesome that uh, Ridley Scott and everybody else said the best way to get the best reaction is for you not to know the the human reaction to not knowing and it fucking happened blood squirting on your face you you can't act that well it's you know uh <laughs> you want to go back and listen to our Die Hard episode i'll link it below but we talked about when they drop alan rickman off of the building at the end of Die Hard. they told him they were going to drop him on three and they dropped him on two so that look on alan rickman's face when he's falling is a genuine response they wanted a genuine response from him falling so I, yeah, like uh, directors have been doing that for quite some time, and I, I it works it works to the best effect here. And the, I was going to say ahead. the other thing I wanted to point out about this scene, you know, we were talking about the whole Ash thing, where I, I said after you've seen what happens mm -hmm. and you go back, the whole entire time Kane's eating, Ash is analyzing him the whole yeah. entire time, and he's kind of almost like he's a computer. He's expecting yeah. something. Right. And right. he's hungry too. He's really hungry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we have one more meal before we go back to sleep? If if they wouldn't have eaten, we would have been in the same situation that Parker was proposing about freezing him and going home. So good thing they had the last supper. Almost famous. I know that dude. I don't know them. I know her. You Haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what's that guy who was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. Seven cast members in this movie, not much to talk about, but I think the cast in this movie, aside from one or two actors, are all great, almost famous. Yeah, they really are. I mean, there's so many character actors in this that have gone on to do so many films and they don't fit that, they don't fit that like household name thing. Yeah, uh, that we always talk about. So Sigourney Weaver, obviously the biggest star from this movie, but and Tom Skerritt was big in the '80s and yeah. Top Gun, all that yeah. stuff. Everybody knew him. But yeah, I mean uh, Ian Holm. I don't know much about what Ian Holm was doing around this time, but I mean we obviously got him into the the, the Lord of the Rings movies and all that. Development from yeah. Hell. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> no, no, he uh, he was in Chariots of Fire, dude. He was well known. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't seen Cherry's Fire, so yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I think he won an Academy I mean, Award or something for that. Brazil. There's a handful of actors that kind of brought on our little segment that we do here with Almost Famous. Is like those guys you see in every movie, but weren't uber famous, like sure. Harry, Harry Dean, Harry Stanton. Dean Stanton. Stanton, Harry Dean Stanton, classic. Uh, same yeah. with John Hurt. I mean, John Hurt has been in a fuck ton of movies. Yep. And I would uh, say, no, I would say John Hurts won an Academy Award. He's not almost famous. Well, I'm saying like <laughs> he's still too well known of an actor. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Yafet Kato has been on our show before and was, uh, I believe, our almost famous pick for The Running Man. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was, it's either oh, between right. Harry D. Stanton or him. Yeah. Well, and we, we lost both of them recently, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you oh, know, Kato right. last year and uh, Stanton a few years back. So and that's I mean, kind of a bummer. Oh, actually, John Hurt, too. So yeah. uh, lost all of them in the past, like, four years. 
It's just pretty wild. Is Tom Skerritt still kicking around? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he was in. The, uh, I think he was in one of the Ted movies. <laughs> so, I think he showed up. So yeah, I think he's still around. <laughs> but uh, you know, don't discount uh, Veronica Cartwright. She she I mean, she's probably not a household name, but she did her fair share of movies in the eighties. Yeah. Um, I remember her distinctly from a Jack Nicholson movie called Witches of Eastwick. Of Eastwick. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about that on this show at some point. That's one I watched a lot when I was a kid for some reason. Like <laughs> my mom loves that movie. So yeah, I saw it a lot. She's Share. in Body Snatchers too. Uh, yeah, the year before this. So and oh man, like I I had not seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers until a few years ago. But oh man, that's a that's a great fucking sci-fi flick, right? Yeah, there. we'll get to that one eventually. I you have to think. Oh yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I, I would say it's got to be Yafet Kato or or Veronica Cartwright here. What do you guys think? The- just the cast is amazing. I, yeah. I mean, the whole cast is perfect. I wouldn't want to change anybody. They all are cool as shit in their roles. Um, so many great actors that went on to do so much excellent, so many excellent uh, films after that. And yeah, I say Yafet Kato or Harry Dean Stanton. So, yeah. I think Yafet Kato kind of goes in the background a little bit more than Harry Dean Stanton. You, you could recognize Harry Dean Stanton uh, probably in more movies than Yafet Kato for sure. Oh, um, yeah. But honestly, after this watch, I, I almost want to say Yafet Kato is my MVP of this movie. I fucking love every scene he's in in this. Oh, yeah. And he lasts longer, so he's in it more. And, yeah. And uh, no, he he kills it. I mean, he is such a lovable character mm-hmm. almost right away. And I think he was supposed to be like, I think he was meant to be a grading character because of him complaining the whole time about all the situation. But that's the that's the magic of the performance is that he he is complaining the whole time, but he's still likable. Yeah. Like I identify with him probably more than anybody because I would probably be the one bitching about what's what's going on. Yeah, Josh is the complainer. I don't know about that. He, He seems to be like a caring into obviously he cares about Brett, but like he's even as he argues with Ripley and people like that, he's not being an asshole. Right. You know what I mean? He's, he's almost playful in his performance. I don't know. He, he and Brett kind of teeter on being an asshole to Ripley, especially in that scene between them in the, in the hall. Yeah. Just but like but the again, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just the, the situation I think is really get, gotten to everybody, but well, <laughs> let's talk about this alien loose on this fucking Manhattan sized spaceship. Uh, yeah. Exactly. He admitted it. It's the size of Manhattan. I was just quoting you, Jason. <laughs> no, you know it's true. Uh, I think you can get actual size dimensions for the Nostromo. I'll I'll put that together with an actual measurement of Manhattan, and we'll see how close they are. <laughs> we'll the see how close of they Manhattan. are. <laughs> but the other aspect of this, especially only seeing aliens before this one, is aliens. You've got you've got a fucking armory of weapons to deal with with these aliens in that movie and it was and it was a bit uh, i was a bit taken aback the first time i watched this because you go back and you're like you're expecting it to be similar to aliens in that way but no these are just workers and they don't have traditional weapons on this ship so what the hell are they supposed to defend themselves with and i like i like that that's that's another aspect of all of this that just makes their situation even worse i mean you've got flamethrowers i think there is one gun of some sort there's like a cattle prod that they yeah. take yeah. out, but it doesn't really work. They have to kind of ditch that pretty quickly. So, by the way, I did find the comparison between the 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 
landscape on the computer and the uh what you call it joy division the joy division. division shirt and so you can put that up on the screen now <laughs> it it's 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 too fucking similar man <laughs> yeah i mean I, they're I, just fans of the movie so no I, and i'm not blaming them you know i'm not trying to say oh fucking joy division i'm just saying like it i never noticed that before and i've seen people wear that shirt all over the place Sure. And, 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 and I, I kind of feel like I'm the idiot because I never, like, I don't know alien well enough to associate that. Oh, that was from the movie alien. And now you do it. Now, every time you walk by, you go, Hey, I like alien too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, now we've got, we've got an alien on the loose. I mean, they, again, they've only seen this small little chest burster come out. Now this is one aspect of it. Uh, there's a lot to love in this movie, but when the, when the chest burster runs away, <laughs> that was just kind of let's just get the alien off the table let's just look like they kind of just drug him off the table onto the floor yeah and everything it's kind of that's probably one of the lower things on the pole there of things they could have done so. yeah it's a little on a wire doesn't uh, yeah. look all that great that's where i think space balls did a better job because <laughs> he had hello, a- my baby hello my mother hello my rights i'm yeah <laughs> no can can in alien unfortunately baseballs did that part better we'll just admit it and then we can all move right. on i will i'll okay. admit that fair enough but i mean all right i want to know all right how much time takes place from the time this happens and then they go looking for it and all this stuff and then uh brett is in the Dude, when he's walking around in there with all the chains, I'm like, is Pinhead going to show up? <laughs> How because cool is that Chains set. and all that stuff. I, I'm literally like, Hellraiser Dude. used this set in the 80s. To shoot just <laughs> just on like this it. ship. Uh, just, yeah. you know, this is a relatively small uh, movie, really. You know, <laughs> most it, it most of it takes place on one ship. We've yeah. got the, the, the cockpit area. We've got the, the place with the pods. Uh, and then, you know, you've got a couple of, you got a lot of hallways, obviously. And then, uh, you've got this crazy raining. It's like dripping water in there with the chains. There's like incinerators and fire around. And it's like, yeah. all, it's, it's, it's more of a red orangey type room. We've got like lots of different, like a variety of things for a movie that is largely just metal hallways. You occasionally have these these new rooms, these new areas that look amazing. Yeah. Looking up and, and have that rain coming down. And even though, as Jason says, this ship is the size of Manhattan, like <laughs> it still doesn't take away from the claustrophobia of the fact that like, okay, maybe it is a big ship, but you've got a fucking alien loose in this ship. <laughs> it's so, also dark in there. Like, yeah. And the alien looks like everything on the wall. So so much so later that <laughs> yeah that it actually it actually camouflages itself in the in the pipes and whatnot but yeah. in the cords but yeah it could be anywhere there's so many dark corners in this movie everywhere there's a dark okay corner. it could be well, literally is, anywhere all right well this is the question i got we got brett in the room he's looking around how many times did it take you to realize that the alien was hanging from the chain on the first <laughs> shot is that because chain what, swing in the theatrical i can't remember i think that's one of the differences in the theatrical cut and the di- in the director's cut there's there's if there i can't remember if there is a shot of the alien on the chain it is very brief 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it's quick. Glimpse of it. The version I watched, the director's cut. I don't know if this is a director's cut thing or not, uh, because I haven't. This is the first time I've I've watched the director's cut, but it does have like a full on alien swing hanging on the chain. Yeah. He's all bunched thinking, up like that... this, like he's hanging like this. Yeah, yeah his it's, head down. it's still pretty cool, but I, I'm trying to think, is that in the theatrical or not? I can't, I can't remember. remember. But that's a cool fucking shot, even though it's just a quick glimpse. Yeah. And I mean, I can't remember how many times I don't remember seeing it, but I definitely noticed it the last couple of times. So maybe I have watched the director's cut the last couple of times. But to go back to your your question about how much time's passed, that's one thing I think they 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 tend to leave very open ended in all the alien movies is like how much time really does have to pass before this thing reaches its Maturity. full size. Yeah, yeah, because right. that's quick. Because I mean, uh, Brett finds the 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 skin that it sheds, and it's still yeah. very small. But it's like I, I, I'm having a hard time believing that that giant fucking alien shedded that little <laughs> came out of that little shed of skin. Right, it's like it grew in a few hours or something. Yeah, uh, hey, you would figure it would have to go through a cocoon stage at least a couple of times to reach that. Because right. this thing is huge. I mean, it was played. Uh, what the actor in it was six foot ten. Yeah, he's a big dude. Uh, the, he was a Nigerian student that they found, and he wore the suit. He's huge, and it was just like you went from literally running across the table, maybe a foot and a half high, to that in a matter of hours. Yeah. And like you said, all you find is this little piece of skin of the original. Husk. Well, he's an alien. Maybe yeah. there's more skins laying around too. He just really, or maybe after that one skin is is done, it doesn't shed again. Maybe it's an alien. Can't say. Can't say I've for al- sure. I've always Can't had speculate. When when Brett is letting the the water fall on his face, oh. how much of that is water and how much of it is like alien goo is what I'm wondering. <laughs> Or, or how clean is this water? He drinks uh, it, so I, I guess it's pretty clean. But yeah, is this some kind of like like water treatment area of yeah, the place, think, like yeah. where they're recycling water somehow? Because there's a lot of humidity or something in there. Yeah, 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 he drinks it. I mean, he straight up. It may be, it, so. it may be there to create humidity on the ship or like that. But now that Josh says that, I kind of wonder if it was an R. Kelly scene. Is it like golden showers from the alien? Jesus oh, Christ. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey you're talking about saliva maybe he's got a urinate hey dude he just grew up yeah you know he's gotta yeah. pee gotta pee everyone pees but that reveal when when brett turns around and sees that face there and i've always seen like the toy designs and everything of the original alien uh how it has the transparent dome on its head and you can kind of see the skull underneath yeah mm-hmm. i've never really been able to identify that in any of the alien movies but I feel like in this one, like if you look at it just right when the light reflects on it, you can kind of see it in that shot a little yeah. bit. But I've never thought that was super prominent in this movie. But in the toy designs and all that stuff, you see that all the time. Um, but I love when you get that that straight on shot of the of the xenomorph and the mouth and how much fucking sweat or goo or whatever it is is just pouring off of its face. It is it is something special. And I have, we had a better creature design than this other than the predator. That would have been my next one is the predator, but Predator's good, but it's not better than this. I'm talking about overall monster feature. I like the predators. So you're one ugly motherfucker. 
Well, the Predators are more humanoid than the actual design. Yeah, the Predators are like a bodybuilder with long fingernails and then the head. But this oh, I'm just saying I like the Predator. So I'm talking like you could like the Predator you could mistake for a man if you didn't see its face almost. <laughs> a xenomorph, there's no mistaking that that is something that you've never seen before. No, and, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. And like I don't know if we're ever this is something I was talking about on the Texas Chainsaw episode. I don't know if we're ever gonna see something that's gonna top that design, especially in the digital age of filmmaking. Um, I was mm. talking with Jason briefly about this, like the closest thing I could think would be something like a quiet place. And like those creatures are unique, but they're all CG. There's not really, I don't know, like the design of them seems like it's inspired by something like this. Like, I don't know. This is probably one of the most original creature designs I think we've ever seen. And I don't know if we'll ever get anything this good again. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a curve because it, it got, you know, you have early monster designs that are great, you know, mm-hmm. like Gil, Gilman or whatever. And it's like a curve because this is like peaking where it's all practical and you're reaching like right epic level of design. And then it starts to go down because everything feels kind of how many different creatures can you right come up with, you know, like pale, pale man, pale man comes to mind is like a really unique designed for a creature pale man the pale, pale man. man in uh pan's labyrinth you know There's oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay oh, gotcha. oh. I've, i haven't seen that movie a whole <laughs> lot so uh you know just thinking of like really you know unusual designs that feel completely original right but yeah you stop- you're right i mean the, the xenomorph is is a classic absolutely yeah most definitely but like i said of alien designs i think you got alien and predator and then that was it yeah, I mean, really, as far as a main, a uh, like creature in a movie that the main focus of is, uh, that's I mean, you got the, like you said, Quiet Place with the CGI and all that stuff like that. Maybe the Cloverfield thing because I know a lot of people like that movie and they like the monster. Well, that's the other uh, thing. I mean, the thing about Cloverfield is it's so big in scale and it's another CGI monster. Exactly. You know, I, I honestly feel like something in the new Godzilla movies looks a bit better than the Cloverfield, but it still looks CG. Um, I just don't, I don't know if we're ever going to get something practical like that again, that's going to be that like influential to. It just comes back to Geiger again and Geiger's like completely original vision and completely unique vision of, of these things. They're just so, so cold and strange and yeah. Superbly. Everyone else sort of thought he was so weird that they didn't work with him too much. And as a result, that was good. It was great for Dan and I because we got so much input getting along with him so well. People would kind of shy away from him. They'd say he was obsessed in his work. He had bones and of all kinds and all over the place. But I think ultimately that's why all the stuff in this movie works the way it does is because all this shit is in camera. People are looking at something real. They're reacting to something real. They're on a real platform. It's really oh. wet. It's really slimy. <laughs> yeah. It's I really mean, there. Like, yeah. Like again right. with this with the space jockey scene. Like that's that scene is iconic because it it is grand in scale and the actors are actually there with that. It's not something that's being put in in post-production. You know what I mean? Right. All those aspects of this movie make it absolutely outstanding. Just great puppeteering and making of that creature, period. And not just not just the adult version, but just the whole like life cycle. 
right? Yes. The, yeah. the egg, the like every stage of it is masterful and you wouldn't really change any of it. Right. Uh, except for the, the chestburster's running form. Other than that, everything, <laughs> the chestburster in general is a little weak, I, I think, but it's the, it's the weakest part. Yeah. But the, I mean, honestly, like the, the, the face hugger looks like a real animal. Like it yeah. looks like a real creature. Uh, the knuckles and the skin of it and everything. It just, I even like the underside of it when they're kind of doing that autopsy on it. And that's clearly like real animal matter. Yeah. Some kind of like clam or something. They've got some kind of, I think they use oysters and and some other seafood stuff. Yeah. I thought what's funny is uh, I had a friend of mine come to visit me last night. He watched That is funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I don't have friends except for you guys. (laughs) Uh, But uh, he's not a big sci-fi person at all he he just hung out to watch the movie while i was taking my notes and he got to this part where they're poking at the face hugger he said man that thing looks pretty tasty he fried it up with some peppers and onions it might be pretty good and i'm like <laughs> looking at him like what the fuck are you looking at this guy's hungry it also kind of resembles a vagina which kind of adds to the whole sexual nature of all of this face fucker <laughs> i mean yeah everything is 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 about sex in this and, and so it's yeah. not a face hugger it's a face fucker yeah, you could say that. That's it. Yeah. Hug is a little more too positive of a word, isn't it? Yeah, it's because more, more than a hug. Yeah. When you <laughs> hug somebody, you're showing them an, an endearment and like, oh, I love you. No, this is he's being face raped and face fucked by an alien. Yeah. And it's putting yeah. an egg inside of him. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's not it's not pleasant at all. Now I love the whole the whole aspect of um Dallas going through the air ducts and them trying to to block off the alien from scouring around. Good plan, rational plan. Doesn't Uh, seem crazy or anything. Make it go where you want it to go. I really like the how those the 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 doors close. Oh, dude, I got that in my notes. That sound, but the sound is like nails on a chalkboard to me, man. It's it's, oh. And every time I watch it, I know what's going to happen. But I was waiting. Dude, y'all totally missed a great kill scene of one of those doors closing on somebody and cutting (laughs) them in half. That would be good. Aliens standing right over the top of it as it happens. Because, like, they come through a hole and there's an alien. He freezes and the door closes and cuts him. (laughs) I I, I mean, I had that in my nose. I'm glad you brought that up, dude. That, That noise is scary. Yeah, it's like a camera shutter. Yeah, and I... And, and I so much hate that like um, Dallas's death has been spoiled as like this, you know, like top 50 jump scares of all time and all that. Like, I don't know, like in a sense, like I love the fact that people talk about movies like we do on this podcast and YouTube and everything. But the other sense of it is, is like we've talked about this stuff so much, like it's hard for those kind of things to be a first experience for people now. Yeah. You know, and uh, like. Again, just some of the things that I, I would love to go back and watch for the first time again. Yeah. You know, that scene in particular is one of them where it's like, I love it. It got a scream out of my wife. So yeah. she doesn't like, uh, she doesn't like jump scares in general, but yeah, that one is the most effective jump scare in the movie, obviously. I think and, so. And yeah, it, it it's, it's perfect. You, you are just starting to kind of, let your guard down for like a split second and kabam. Yeah. Well, because they're they're building the tension of I, I've lost you, I've lost you, and then you've got this machine that's saying something is moving near you and it's moving. 
Yeah. Like, get out of there. Get out. And everybody's screaming at him. And then he goes down to run away and then turns around. And that. Like, but that's the aspect yeah, of it I love is like, you're, you're assuming that he's in this one level of an air duct. Yeah. And then no, he's on the next level. That's why you seeing moving and you don't see anything on the level you're on. Like I, again, just smart, man. It's so good. Well, the, the, the motion sensor thing gets brought through the series too. Yeah. And I yeah. remember playing, I don't know if I alien isolation. No, I, I did play that a little bit, but did you ever play Alien 3 on the Super Nintendo no. back in the day? I did. Oh, well, it had like a motion sensor and uh, it definitely yeah, feels like a video, coming a video up on you. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's a great it, that's another like classic thing along with like the flamethrower and like there's different things that become part of this franchise mm -hmm. that kind of need to be in every version. You You need to have an Android on the on the ship right. or on the you know in the gotta have the motion thing i, yeah, I think he, it's funny that you're bringing up that in the video game um uh, me and josh have a buddy of ours jail uh i remember when that alien isolation game i'm not a gamer but he was and i was hanging out with him and i actually think there were times of watching him that game play that game he was frightened oh it's scary <laughs> because that noise of that he's like i don't know what the beeping noise is is it dude that's the freaking finder from the movies the <laughs> aliens right there and he would turn around and boom he's like throwing down the freaking controller yeah. and shit it is it's immersive because you feel like oh, you're yeah. there and then yeah the thing's getting closer it, it, it's a great effect to build sus yeah, suspense definitely. There's just this little blinking dot on on this little crap never knew a blinking dot could give you so much yeah. anxiety <laughs> you do a lot with a little like every great movie like yeah. you 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 don't you're not getting a ton of clear shots of the alien right you know it's just like jaws where you know the limitations are what make it so great they pick their moments and and they hit the they hit it out of the park on the every moment and the other aspect is also the reveal that ash is a is an android like mm -hmm. I can only imagine when you're watching this movie for the first time, you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? This dude's like sweating white, white goo. And you want to talk about effects, the effects of, of him when he comes apart and just how totally weird it is that milky substance. Yeah. And, and the, the tubes with the little balls, like, it's not like what you would think a robot looks like. Well, that was something I had a note for here is like, uh, you know, I was a little confused by that when when you get Bishop torn apart in Aliens and you got all the, you know, it doesn't, it's not metal, it's not an endoskeleton like a like a Terminator or whatnot. That's what I associate right. for as a robot. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, is there a difference between an android and a robot? Like, is there, like androids I'm starting to, to put together almost like a Blade Runner sort of thing is like an android is is like um organic parts mixed with technology whereas a robot is a completely you know is a, a t-800 yeah like hey what the hell is with the magazine attack dude uh, like, i would say yeah we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves i wanted to talk about the whole attack altogether because she uh and not like that but ripley sees the whole whatever something 937 that she's not supposed to be reading yeah and yeah. then she turns and there's ash standing He's right there her. yeah You're like oh shit but yeah when he starts arguing with her and you see the milky sweat like that but when he holds her down and just takes that freaking magazine and tries to shove it down in her mouth you're like it's weird the oral asphyxiation of getting face fucked in this movie <laughs> well i mean <laughs> it is it is it, it it does mirror like the the sort of violation you know of, yeah, of, of all these attacks 
and it is weirdly phallic and you know yeah it's yeah. it's it's unsettling as hell like you're like why is he doing that why doesn't he just break her neck you know like right yeah he's uh, he's obviously because he throws her across the room with no nothing he just poof. right right he can, so just, he can just basically grab her and you're dead there's the shot when parker comes in though and hits him with the um the fire extinguisher and knocks his head off <laughs> yeah and yeah. and when the body gets up and runs towards parker that shit looks great and whoever they've got doing that is doing a great job of hiding his head because great com- that's like literal comedy too like in yeah. the middle of this really unsettling awful like there's some weird humor to that where he's yeah, bent over backwards and still grabbing him. He's like, "Get him off me!" And he's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it's it's a it's weird. It's a weird place to put some comedy." But he says it's funny. I like. I just in my head. Anybody remember the show Benny Hill? <laughs> yeah, it's like the doctor in. Uh... Oh, in Reanimator. Yeah, in Reanimator. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. There's some more green light for you. Ian, with his head stuck to the table, lying in a sea of milk and caviar and pasta and glass marbles. I thought the glass marbles were great. They're like memory, clear glass marbles. Poor Ian had to, every time I'd do a take, I'd give him, he hated milk as well, I'd give him a little bit of milk. So he'd say, and then he'd start to talk. Oh, that's uh, uh, Burke in Aliens calls them a synthetic human is what he calls them. Right, right, right. So, and yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is like you you see them drink and eat. I think you see Bishop eat in, in Aliens. It's like they have to have some sort of way to process this stuff that they're putting in their, you know, whatever. I mean, it maybe, is. yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they break it down for energy just like we do. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, uh, what's, uh, what's in uh, Back to the Future? that thing on the back of the car where they put the trash in mr fusion mr fusion they got a little mr fusion inside of them i need fuel but i i saw in this conversation (laughs) that ripley has with um with ash here how he's talking about this is a perfect specimen it's it's a killing machine and all of that and it really got me going back to um david and prometheus and where he goes in alien covenant and how he's obsessed with where this thing came from and how how he was created and how this was created. And I can definitely see the genesis of, of what became Prometheus in here. Absolutely. It's it's very subtle, but I can, I can see where they were drawing some of that, some of those story beats from now. Yeah. And then the other part about Prometheus is, you know, when this movie, we didn't know anything about a Prometheus or whatever, but in the timeline that takes place before all of this. Right. So, and you were talking earlier about the mother computer contacting Waylon. Mm-hmm. well they know something right is out there yeah and and, I, and you kind of wonder if that's why they changed the trajectory of the ship they're like oh well maybe we found it and that was honestly the biggest disappointment to for, for prometheus for me i still i i genuinely like prometheus and the biggest disappointment of that movie the first time i watched it though was i was expecting it to end where we pick up with in this movie like you had to get a whole nother movie and then yeah. it's still not on top of and it's, it. Yeah. You still yeah. haven't ended up where this movie starts, you know? <laughs> and the other movie to me, like I, I like Prometheus too. And I, I feel like covenant doesn't do enough different from Prometheus. It just feels redundant at that point for me. Like oh. I, oh. I, I obviously they do go a couple different places, but 
yeah, I, it doesn't. And of course, everyone wanted to see, you know, what happened with um, the Shaw. girl from Prometheus. Yeah. And and then they kind of just drop that and give yeah. it a little line. And that that's where it gets disappointing. I like Prometheus. I think it I think it's great. I don't even mind the decisions by certain people. It doesn't even yeah. bother me that much. I find Parker and Lambert's deaths a little quick and, and messy. But I, I also think they're effective because you don't really get to see what happens to them. I love that, like the Lambert is the shadow. Yes, that's she a thinks, great. She shot. thinks it's Parker, his shadow, because they're in the same room, right? But it's a and you and I don't think I ever really noticed it, and maybe till this time, because I just see the shadow. I never really paid attention to it. And then you see the tail in the shadow. And maybe I had a better copy this time, and I could see it. But I was like, oh, oh, shit. And I find it kind of. <laughs> I find it kind of weird that it cuts to that shot of the alien, like moving really slowly towards Lambert. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's very tense. So while <laughs> I, find, I, I find it weird, but I find it. It's, just, it's like Dracula. Dracula. I was going to say it's like <laughs> Bella Lugosi Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look into my eyes. <laughs> and, you know, as much of an animal lover as I am, I think I probably would have left Jonesy if it, if it came down yeah. to it. I got a problem with Jonesy. That cat's an asshole. <laughs> I you love- do get you do get a pretty gnarly Jonesy jump scare. Two Jonesy jump scares. Yeah, mm-hmm. he scares the shit out of people, and he's fucking up the escape plan, trying to find the damn cat. And also notice, she calls the cat Jones. Yeah, over and over. She don't call him Jonesy. She calls him Jones. That's because he's like her dude. They're close, so he gets a little <laughs> pet name. No, Jonesy is the pet name. Jones would be like you know freaking whatever private jones get the fuck over here jonesy's like hey, i, I think you, jones, jones is short for jonesy it is but either way that cat is a asshole and it's funny too that cat looks just like my cat uh finn <laughs> i was uh, looking I, I literally froze the screen when he had that close-up at the beginning of the movie of the cat just laying there and i'm like and i'm finn's in my lap and i'm looking at him like you're on tv <laughs> <laughs> you're famous but yeah, I, I wrote that in my notes. Jonesy can be an asshole. <laughs> well, you know, you got to understand Ripley had everyone she knows is dead. She's out in the middle of space. Yeah. This cat is the only other living thing yeah. that she could possibly be with. And uh, I don't I don't blame her for trying to save it in that in that scenario. And I love that at this point. She's not a superhero. She right. is freaking out. She mm-hmm. is scared shitless. She can't hardly breathe. She's tr- holding back tears as she's trying to turn these switches, get this, get that. She's yeah. scared shitless. Dude. Uh, and it just feels so natural, you know? It pulls you right out, in. I was going to put out more about the cat when the, uh, after Fucking the hell. Back <laughs> to the cat again. Yes. We wrap up the cat. Well, that's the part I'm talking about. She put him in that carrier. And did you notice that the alien looks in the carrier and goes, yeah. <laughs> he slaps the fucking carrier out of the way. I don't want the fucking cat. And then when I'm she like, does, then when she does put him on the ship, she just tosses the whole case. So that cat's probably in there like, what the fuck is going on right now? He does get slapped knocked around, around by an alien. <laughs> what the hell? We need a, a cam from inside the, the cat carrier. Is the cat's just like banging around inside there. Sexual abuse, animal abuse. How did this movie ever even get made? Again, I, I I love the scenes that are basically lit by the flame of the oh yeah of the uh, 
flamethrower. Flame mm-hmm. uh, this is where we get the glimpse of the of of Dallas again. This is red. this is the main thing in the director's cut. They yeah. go to this scene of Dallas being cocooned in the room, and honestly, yeah, I, I, honestly, I it 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 needed to be cut. I don't think it really serves much of a purpose. I mean, well, we no. we don't need to know what happened to him at this well, point. Well, in the notes, they said the reason they cut because they shot it and then they cut it. They said it. They felt it took away from her escape scene of things going on. Yeah, I feel like it kind of pulled it down. It does I, because you're totally yeah. focused on her escaping, and then all of a sudden you go, oh wait what's going on here and then and she's all kill me yeah kill me and i think that's probably why they went with a lot of that in the next movie mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can oh, yeah. see that shit but yeah i mean it's it's a cool scene i think you know again all the design and, and the makeup and everything there looks great but it, it doesn't really need to be in the movie and i'm fine with it not being there yeah if i you know now that i've watched the director's cut i don't feel like i need to again i'll go back to theatrical i'm kind of a theatrical cut guy anyway i just oh, you're not the special edition 4K, you know, <laughs> Screen Factory edition cut like Josh over here. That's not what those are about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to name every freaking different version of whatever movie I could think of. Yeah, no, I, I'm, but yeah, I tend to just watch the theatrical cut mostly because it's usually shorter and I like things, you know, yeah. I like movies to be short. Eric's too. a hipster. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a hipster. I do want to say when the when the when the Nostromo blows up, another Dude. sort of re- reference to 2001. I was almost expecting the whole wormhole scene to happen, <laughs> you know, with the light that's blasting. But I I love that it's like I think it's three different explosions that happen. Yeah, yeah. You think it's over and then it blasts her again. Yeah. I uh I as long as we're talking about little moments, I also really love the shot where her hand reaches up over the thing and she kind of peeks over. Oh, yeah. great Zoom shot. in on her fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, great shot. Even you could take almost her eyes. Like, yeah, you could take almost any any screen grab of this movie and frame it and put it on the wall and I'd love it. As like, she's moving through the ship so towards good. that one, yeah, like any of those, like where she's up against the wall and it comes up close to her face and she's looking through the doorway yeah. and everything. Those are even all Even when great. she's on the, sh- on the the escape ship or whatever yeah yeah all those moments with the with the the helmet on all those Mm -hmm. things well before we get to the finale jason whose tagline is it anyway it's my tagline or is it hollywood's or is it yeah you guys decide but uh kind of like uh texas chainsaw massacre since we've had so many re-releases of these movies over and over and over again they're because the original one basically only kind of had one Mm-hmm. But there are several because they've decided to make more over the years. But uh, again, you guys pick what I did and what Hollywood did, and we'll see who wins. Uh, I'm gonna throw the easy one out there in space, no one can hear you scream. Real, <laughs> yeah. The Nostromo just got another passenger. Thank you. Hey. You're both correct. <laughs> Scariest movie ever made just got scarier that doesn't make sense that's fake why would it get scarier fake you're both wrong that's from the 2003 edition (laughs) terror isn't in the dark it's inside dot 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 you i like that that could be real i think it might be real you're both wrong i wrote it (laughs) that was a good one man mine was good thank you josh that I got a good one. Pretty good. I just said, I said it was good. Josh didn't uh, say it was good. 
I did terror, say it was good. The Shut terror, up. <laughs> the terror within. Very similar to the last one. I'll say that one's real if you did the if you made the last one. I'll say it's real. I wrote it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I did that on purpose to throw two alike, so you would think that I stole it from uh, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, good, good move. It worked. Uh, it's Alien, the Eighth Passenger. What? It's Alien, the Eighth Passenger. Fake. Fake. Real. So bad it had to be real. Man, y'all both suck, but you're tied at two. You both out of all the ones we got, you got two each. I just want to say that's a fucking terrible tagline. Yeah, dude. My eighth passenger. Well, that's why I said I think uh like I said when I looked them up, they had the dates from all the re-releases and everything like that. I think this shit they added up maybe in foreign releases. Mm, okay. Or something like that. The Nostromo just got another passenger. That's very similar to one you already said, I think. Real? I'm going to say fake. For the win? Josh wins is fake. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's the taglines for this week. Let's wrap this film up, guys. We're on the escape pod. We're trying to get the fuck out of here. And uh, we just blew up the uh, Manhattan on the way out. (laughs) Well, uh, Ripley gets in her undie pants. Now, Jenny and I had a discussion about this. Those are horrible underwear. <laughs> it was the style at the time. I know it's the 70s, early 80s thing. Those are horrible. What what really matters is that she's more vulnerable. Yeah. Again, she's she's more she's vulnerable shedding. than ever. Yeah. Everyone's dead. She she doesn't even have her clothes on. She's more vulnerable than she's ever been in this entire movie. She's isolated with her and the alien. And that's really what matters. And Jonesy. And Jonesy. He's Jonesy's po- been put in the pot. pot at this point. Yeah, he gets a pot so of his own. Jonesy's yeah. not even out. It's really just her and the alien. Here's where this design of the alien again plays a, a very integral part. Is nice. It blends in so well with the atmosphere here. Absolutely. And that moment when it's in the wall, it totally sells. I mean, even now with the HD and everything, it, mm-hmm. it's not immediately clear. If You know, you didn't know it was there. Dude, but, I can tell you the first time I saw this movie, I never saw it. Yeah. Until it, yeah, hand come out. The first, I, I mean, as a kid, you're just like that's. There are so many jump scares in this movie like that that, that they actually scared me. But that one, it was just like it reset the touch. But the thing is, it reset the toucher and it stayed there. It's like it has the intellect to know that I have nowhere else to go and I need to get somewhere else. I'm going to hide here until I get to the next location. And see, that was what I was kind of trying to figure out here is, was it, was it genuinely trying to blend in so it could get to its next destination? I think so. Um, and, and, and if so, great, that's awesome. Um, but why would it reveal itself to her like it does? I mean, I know she's close to it. Maybe it was a defense mechanism, but I feel like he was tucked in there pretty well and she probably would have never noticed, but he, he reaches out. But if you notice, he puts his hand back in and stays there. Yeah. It doesn't crumb crawling out until she she forces him out. out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the impression that it's like super intelligent. I, I, you know, like, I think it has as intelligent. It has an intelligence, but I don't, I don't get the impression that it's, it's like as intelligent as like a human being. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like complex decisions. I I agree. It's, it's hiding, which is something that every, the smallest animals do. A mouse will Mm -hmm. hide. It doesn't mean that it, it's calculating 
how it's going to get to the next planet and all this kind of stuff. It's yeah, hiding. Yeah. She disturbs it like an animal. You know, you disturb an animal, they kind of sometimes stay where they're at. I don't know. I, I get more of an animal vibe from it than yeah. Yeah. I think it's this primordial instinct is it's to survive. Primal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it knows that I I'm in this little bitty thing. There's nowhere else to go. I'll, I have one food source, which is this thing. I need to survive till I get to the next place. And I, I think, I mean, that's our prime primal instinct is to survive. But could so, Ripley could Ripley herself have sustained that alien's hunger all the way to wherever they were going? But it doesn't. It, I guess it probably that's why it was thinking. I need to get somewhere else. And honestly, knowing where the next movie starts. Like, I don't think that alien could have survived 57 years off of her carcass. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's calculating these kinds of decisions. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's luck that in, in other movies it ends up in cryo, things like that, that yeah. extend it. I, I think it's, I also love that she's not battling it. I mean, we do see a battle in Aliens, which is admittedly awesome yes yeah that's a badass but she is so like she has like one play here Mm -hmm. like you got one move you try to suck it out the airlock if that doesn't work you're done like you're complete the 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 just her trying to get into the suit uh that it gets the the it gets so tense yeah oh yeah you know, the suspense is just building to like, and this is already after a very suspenseful escape, the explosion, you get a quick breather and then, oh shit. And, and it is like, by this point, it is tense as hell. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. There's almost no score except for just stuff to make you even more anxious. And uh, yeah, I mean, and she also has to calculate that she has to get this thing off the ship and like, this is the biggest kind of complaint I have with this movie is the acid for blood part. When she shoots it with the harpoon or whatever that thing is, it sprays acid out, which could potentially hurt the ship and cause more problems. But everything's getting sucked out of the ship. So yeah, the, it's acid going, goes the vacuum down. of space is pulling it outward right. away from the ship. So it just goes away. Maybe it, maybe it splatters a couple of spots. No big deal. It, it messes up the, Maybe job. the blood neutralizes in the vacuum of space. Maybe let's let's not get ridiculous. Jason. But uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we're talking about a fucking alien movie. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, when she she blows that fucker away with the engine, it's just like, oh, thank Christ, we're out of this. <laughs> yep. But yep, then you got an alien floating around in space, like, hey, it's all very practical. There's yeah. nothing crazy. She doesn't she doesn't fist fight it. And I love her closing uh, message to whoever is out there. And, you know, I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley. Last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Oh, yeah. And also, as long as we're just gushing, I love the fact that this doesn't end with you know, a hand coming up in the window or yeah, a face hugger scurrying across the background. Like it, she gets away. Or, or, well, I mean, she gets away, but even like she doesn't get home. She doesn't get rescued. It's still like, right. She's in the same exact position she was in the beginning of this movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah she, she hopes she's going to get picked up and you, right. you hope for the best, but yeah, it's not, yeah. She doesn't get carried off on a stretcher and 
all happy ending. It's yeah, it's a cold ending to a cold movie. The good, the bad, the ugly. Why? <laughs> oh, that was fucking weak. <laughs> all right, Eric, I'm gonna let you do the honors. Uh the good is uh I think gosh it's really hard just everything performances casting design direction cinematography music uh it's my favorite movie i don't even have a problem saying that anymore i i i've always been like oh i can't really pick my favorite but god damn i mean i just love this movie uh yeah eventually you come around on some stuff like that it's like i've always i do that with music too it's like oh i Picking your favorite movie, that's so hard. Picking your favorite album, that's so hard. And it's like, nah, I fucking love Jaws. I could watch yeah. Jaws at any <laughs> given moment and love every single minute I'm watching it. And this one's another one that's just like that. I mean, this one probably is entering my top 10 for sure after this watch. Oh, wow, that low. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, and then um, <laughs> it, would would to to do, it would be interesting to do a top 10 at some yeah. point. Yeah, I um, hate to hear where I would put it in my list. I so. probably would. Um, so good is just everything bad. I'm, I'm going to say the chest burster scurry isn't great. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not that great. And, uh, ugly. Everyone wears diapers and onesies in the future for some reason. A little it's saggy. It depends, undies. dude. It's future depends. Saggy undies. Uh, Kane wears a corset for some reason with like the laces all the way up the front. I don't know why he's wearing that. So that's going to be <laughs> yeah. ugly. That's pretty yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Jason, how about you? It's one of it's probably the, the the best space horror movie that we've ever gotten. I mean, I love this movie. Like, I love it. Life Force. No. Hello. <laughs> Fuck, he had to bring it up. <laughs> Fucking space vampires. But uh, I mean, it really set the standard. Like I said earlier in the movie, it was uh actually scary when I was a kid, and I loved that that I can relive those moments because there's not very many movies that just actually scared me, but this one did as a kid and the camera work and the practical effects that all went into this, uh, sound engineering, everything is great. Uh, my bad, uh, beside you mentioned the, uh, chest burster scurry. I'm going to go with the, uh, the cockpit projection scenes when they're outside looking in the, per into the cockpit, you can, totally tell it's just a projection yeah and it's not good because they're like walking around like hey look look, look. Act like we're not doing anything <laughs> but uh those are pretty bad and uh jonesy is a dick uh and then yeah, ugly I, I, i'm not a cat guy that's fine yeah and ugly uh the science behind you can't scream in space oh. <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you got a big breath then went in space. No? Nope. Okay, this all right. <laughs> hey, hey, because because of I knew Eric loves this movie and he would try to argue with me. I wrote down this the scientific method of knowing why you can't do it. Okay, you have a spacesuit on. I don't care. If you have a spacesuit on, it has oxygen in there. You no, no, scream. no. But that's not the tagline. It says space means you're not in a suit. You're in fucking space. 
You're being so, literal. <laughs> but but it says nobody can hear you scream. And if you can't scream, then that still is true. Nobody can hear you scream. You but can't you can't scream. scream. You can't call it a scream because yeah, it doesn't that's happen. why nobody can hear you scream because you can't scream. Boom. But yeah, it's not a scream. I win. Boom. 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 Nobody you can hear you fart either because you can't fart <laughs> you! Can you fart in space? <laughs> nobody can smell your farts in space. <laughs> And, All right, and, Josh, good, bad, and ugly, so we can wrap this up. Well, fun fact, lest we forget, uh, Dan O'Bannon wrote Life Force also. <laughs> oh, man, his career took a shit storm of a fucking turn. <laughs> uh, the good. Along with Toby Hoopers. Uh, the good for me, design, design, design. Oh. Everything designed in this fucking movie blows it's beautiful. me away. It's be- everything is beautiful. The, the costumes, the suits. The ships hey i want to say something about your design thing dude the helmet uh, like the one that ripley puts on at the end of the movie the detail work in the little uh engravings yes, that patterns. go around the mask mm-hmm. yeah, dude, it's great yeah, even, are awesome. that's awesome even with the ship and stuff how they've made it look lived in and like everything's dirty it's not this clean crispy ship like that's one thing about prometheus is like everything looks nice and neat and crispy and clean and this one doesn't this one's just nasty and dirty and well, it's yeah, a mining yeah. ship yeah, I mean exactly. Yeah, that's true. It's a mining ship, not a science operation. Josh, get with it. Oh boy. Did you watch this movie? Think for yeah. a minute. Just think before you speak. The bad is the dodgy ADR mm. in some spots. Yes. Um it's and, it, and it's here. honestly that's just like a nitpick because yeah, we're just nitpicking. It's a good this, movie. This movie's pretty much perfect honestly like there's not much i can find to, to, to complain about in this movie um i don't think there's anything ugly in this movie i think this movie is beautiful Ah, uh, i think it, there's nothing ugly about this movie i think it's it, it is it, it totally is it, it, it's it's it looks amazing the whole time yeah that'll be our conversation about alien we hope you enjoyed it we next week we will be back we'll be talking about our top four each of our top four green movies movies that we associate with the color green mm-hmm. we've done a red episode before we're gonna we're gonna start trying to incorporate some more top fours into our shows coming up top fours so top four. and this next- movie will not be in the green one because eric says it's not green and there you go maybe it'll be in mine maybe it'll be mine though who knows but we do have another giveaway that will be given a, a digital yes. code away again. And this week we're giving away a digital code for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, that's a good one. It was one it. of my favorite movies I saw last year. And honestly, it was one of those that I was not too keen on seeing. I didn't think it was going to be very good. And I walked out of the theater a very happy man. Josh so, cried. I did. I he will cried. admit it. I cried. Uh, so I didn't uh, like cry, but it was definitely it, it is a it is a it is a heartwarming film for sure. And uh, if you're a fan of Ghostbusters, I don't see why you wouldn't like Ghostbusters Afterlife. So if you want a digital copy of Ghostbusters Afterlife, you've got to subscribe to our channel, leave a like, leave a comment below that says, who are you going to call? And we will pick a winner from those people. Also leave us a who you're going to call on our Twitter at VHS Files Podcast. And we will pick one winner to get the digital code. And we're going to put Josh the phone number and you can call him. No, you're going to call Ghostbusters. (laughs) And that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back next week talking about our top four green movies. Until then, be kind. Rewind! You bitch! You've been listening.
listening to the VHS Files podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. <laughs> Send your questions, comments, and movie suggestions to VHS Files Podcast at gmail.com. Don't you blame the movies? Follow us on all social media outlets at VHS Files Podcast. Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. (laughs) Thanks for listening. That's it. Goodbye.